I guess it's called ignorant. Okay. So, Love it. Um, basically, well, I just started recording, so welcome to Ignorant the Podcast. I might as well just do it now. Basically, it's um, I invite people on the show to make me and my listeners less ignorant to who they are, what they do, why they do it, how they do it, um, you know, what it takes to do whatever it is they do, and, you know, um, why they're passionate about it or whatever it may be. Um, so pretty much that's what I mean by ignorant. Nothing, like, offensive towards anybody. Just ignorant as a lack of knowledge, you know, the definition of, mm-hmm. of ignorant. So with that being said, today we have Cam with, how do you say it, Shai Dola Services? Shay Dola Services. Shay Dola Services. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that you just enlightened me a lot about that before the show. But go ahead and introduce mm-hmm. yourself and uh, okay. Yeah. All right, you gonna like chop it up and stuff or no, edit? no, no? I was just raw. all just yeah, raw. Keep it raw, yeah, yeah. All, all right. right, I could, but that's a lot of work. <laughs> but then also, it's, I, like people really enjoy like the raw side of it. Yeah, you it's know? more real. It's like yeah, it's more real. It's authentic, mm-hmm. and like, it makes them feel like engaged into the conversation. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so hello, hello. Uh, my name is Cam. I am the owner, founder, Full Spectrum Doula at Shea Doula Services. Um, I do everything from fertility to abortion and loss support. Um, so no matter what, as long as it's with your reproductive system, I can handle it and support you through it. Yeah. Basically. Um, and we say full spectrum doulas are for all pregnancy outcomes. If you don't support abortion or um, don't do loss and grief support uh, for abortion work, then you kind of can't call yourself a full a full spectrum doula yeah. um, in the birth world. So. So what is a doula for people like me that didn't had no idea what it was until you enlightened me before yeah. the show? So um, doula, the Greek translation means um, a servant. So literally to serve. A pregnant person, basically. Um, so everyone always thinks, oh, doulas and midwives are the same. We're not. Um, doulas become midwives sometimes, but sometimes we don't want to become certified because of the way the American health care system is um, set up and stuff like that and the way it um, restricts us from being able to do different things. Um, I tell people I'm a community and traditional-based um, doula, so I do more than just come to a birth and sit and give you a massage. Um, I do prenatal appointments. I um, do appointments before you even get pregnant if you're trying to get pregnant to counsel you through that. Um, I get partners involved, parents involved, and try to make the overall birth experience what you want as the birthing person. Um, So then I also do family and community resolution as well as a doula. Um, So sitting people down if they're having a separation or having arguments with their child's father or something like that, I can sit down and kind of be the mediator um, and kind of be the level-headed person in this situation and being like, okay, you sit here, you sit here, both of y'all shut up um, and listen. Um, And then also... Of course, like in emergency situations, we can't, as a doula, we can't say that we catch babies because um, we're not certified to do that and we can get in trouble. But if there's an emergency situation or a situation where I need to catch a baby, I will. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then also um, the biggest part of what I take care of as well um, with people who birth children into this world is postpartum. Um, that's like the biggest um, stage of pregnancy that people don't really um, think yeah. of um, is after you have the baby. How are you taking care of yourself? How are you mentally, spiritually, emotionally? Um, we go through a lot of pains, like after we have a baby and stuff. So you need someone there taking care of you and helping you. And sometimes if you're a single parent or um, sometimes your partner just doesn't know what to do. So I'll coach people through like, okay, what is a uterine massage after you have a baby? Because you have cramps, like terrible cramps after you you have a kid and people don't realize that. Um, And then like different herbs and foods and nutrition and exercises, stretching and all of the things that come with, um, overall wellness with pregnancy having a baby and then taking care of yourself and that child after you have a baby okay. mm-hmm. so he's more hands-on than the traditional mm-hmm. American me- uh, medical system yep no. so like you have your appointments but yeah you have your appointments but that's the only time you see your doctor yeah. as the doula i'm constantly getting text messages of this is how i'm feeling today i get like daily updates from my clients um 
and even after they have the kid, I'm still, I just delivered a baby, what, two weeks ago, and I'm still, every single day, our whole birth team is in a um, group message, and we're all talking about how are you feeling, how's your blood pressure, how's, are you having headaches, are, how's your bleeding, how is all of these things that we need to take care of yeah, um, yeah. after pregnancy, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, postpartum is a big thing that a lot of people don't think about, especially a lot of men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know, as a man, you don't ever think about a woman going through that, or you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a big topic that needs to be discussed. Anytime any of my friends tell me that that their yeah. woman is pregnant, their partner's pregnant, I tell them the hardest part is after. <laughs> the hardest part yeah. is after, and it's, and Darren because it's emotional and all that, and mm-hmm. you know, you it's always funny because like. Um, some sometimes like some of my friends that are pregnant, they're just like, "Girl, I can't just, I just can't wait to drop this baby so I can go out and have a good time." I'm like, "Oh, you don't even know." <laughs> yeah, is that what you think you're you gonna do, be doing? You that's you're what you thought. <laughs> yeah, you got the babysitters lined up and yeah, yeah. and the you, rest because yeah. you, you think you're ready to go out, and then you get a couple minutes mm-hmm. by yourself, and you're like. I think I'm gonna sit down. Yeah, <laughs> I think I gotta rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in some cultures, like after you have a baby, you don't even leave. You're not even supposed to leave the house for 40 yeah. days. Yeah. Um. So I mean, that's just like speaking about how important the postpartum period is. Yeah. Um, you know, I always I always tell clients like, please like stay in the house after you have the baby, not because of COVID bullshit and yeah. all of this other stuff, because like you need time to get your mind and your mental and like physically right and everything but also like preserve your energy um i mean clearly if you're a single parent that may not be an option for you and it may not um like you may not be able to do that at all um also like if you're a single parent then like what comes with like having a home birth um needing to go get the birth certificate and go to follow-up appointments to make sure you're good or um, going to the court to Yeah, how does that work? How do you get birth certificate if you just had a child not in a hospital? Um, so if you don't have a child in a hospital, you have to have a witness or a midwife there. Um, basically, um, basically, you just say, I will write a letter saying, like, I um, witnessed so-and-so give birth vaginally to the child's name on the date and the time weighing and then I'll sign it um and then you have to get it notarized and you take it to um either then you take it to like the city or the social security office so they can get a social security number and right okay yeah. Okay. Same office, you get like birth and death certificates, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you d- yeah, if you don't already, if you like, you lose yours or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But let's introduce my mom to the podcast. Yeah. So I was just, yeah. Go ahead. Hi, my so name's hi. Amy. I'm Kamaria's mom. Nice to meet you. And I'm here to support and speak on um, the topic abortions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. That's where we're leading into. Yeah, um, and she is actually a nurse too, so okay. um, she's more on the medical side of things as well. Nice, um, okay. When it comes to abortion, I'm more like spiritual, holistic, all the things, and then. Yeah. Do you work with like she, Planned Parenthood stuff or? Um, I am. A, I've been a longtime client of Planned Parenthood. I support mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood. Okay. Um, I went. I've went to them since I've been young, and even that was like before I had insurance because they help with that. And then even after I gained my own insurance, I continue going there yeah. because I like to support their services. But um, I uh, my start in the medical career. Um, I worked in labor and delivery, so I got to see okay. a lot of how things work. And um, but right now I, I'm a nurse in the operating room, uh, and that's okay. and I work in the children's um, side of things. But uh, I'm not really working as uh, I don't work with birthing right now. Yeah, okay. But okay. I do have some knowledge in it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, we're gonna okay. introduce her to. Okay. I don't yeah. know if you want your name set on air or anything. That's okay. We don't have the cameras wrong. Well, she has this in wrong, but that has nothing to do with the podcast. Okay. Um, my name is Rachel Thompson. I am a social worker, um, and I am one of the co-founders of a new project called Motor City Mobile Wellness. 
and we are working to build a cooperative of holistic practitioners and radical healthcare workers. Um, so like social workers, nurses, doctors, and then people who are doulas, acupuncturists, Reiki practitioners, okay. energy healers, that type of thing. Um, and we recently, like a couple of weeks ago, uh, were awarded a grant with Kamaria mm -hmm. um, and an organization called Healing by Choice, yeah. uh, where beginning in November, we're going to be supporting this workshop series that she's doing. So I will be attending the workshop series starting in November as an emotional support person or therapist. Okay. And then we're going to have someone from the collective come every month to provide, like I said, like energy healing type of stuff. We're going to provide food and hopefully, I think we're doing it for the next six months. And the, yeah, herbal kits for abortion aftercare. Um, one of the herbalists from Healing by Choice is going to be preparing these kits to give to people, whether they just gave birth or whether they just had an abortion. So we're okay. excited to start collaborating next month. Come in here to support today. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm actually excited to uh, collaborate with this too, you know, uh, help spread the word and learn. Um, yeah, that's great. I think it's important. I think, uh, like, like people are really stepping away from traditional medicine and American medicine right now. I, for one, have always been sketchy of it because my mom, um, she got an accident and became addicted to pills after after that accident, the, all the pills she was getting from that. And uh, so I've always, for one, been scared of, <laughs> you know, doctors. And, you know, like I like looking at it, doing the research for more natural healing ways. But um, let's get on to the abortion topic and because, you know, that's about to be voted on. Yeah. In the next month or so, right? Yeah. And um, I think we have to express how important <coughs> this is and, uh, like, how much it, it impacts women all the way around and uh, everyone, really. Um, so what's your uh, mission today with that, and or what do you want to say and yeah, share with so, that Yeah, so um, the governor of Michigan actually started, like, um, a few, a couple of months before um, – the Supreme Court actually overturned and made the decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, remember, like, there was that whole viral moment where um, they were talking about possibly overturning it, and they had, like, a secret meeting in the Supreme Court saying, like, they were definitely going to overturn it, but that was closed to the public. Yeah, it was like um, a leak. And Something someone leaked crazy. it, yeah. yeah. Um, so as soon as that happened, um, Governor Whitmer moved... Um, to start doing something about the 1931 law that would go into place if Roe v. Wade um, were overturned. So mm -hmm. the 1931 law in Michigan, I forgot like the specific name of the law um, right now, but basically it would ban abortion in any way. So incest, rape, um, if you're too young, um, medical issues, stuff like that, it would basically ban abortion in so many different ways that would just be unsafe um, yeah. to a birthing person. Um, and also, like, why does it matter? Um, even, if it, if, even if it wasn't incest or anything, we should have access to these things, period. Um, yeah. If I don't want to have a child, I don't want to have a child, and that shouldn't be questioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she started by starting a lawsuit, and I believe it went to, like, Oakland County, First, and then um, pro-lifers around Michigan, all the Christian groups started, like, read, like filed another lawsuit, stopped that lawsuit in court. Um, so they've been arguing it. Um, and they did make a decision on it, but now it has to go to the Supreme Court because of the appeals that are being filed by um, pro-life groups and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so she has been working for months to protect birthing people in Michigan. Um, and then she also moved to, um, she also wrote a note to like authorities and um, different healthcare providers in Michigan saying that um, Michigan is a safe state and we're not going to turn anyone in that comes from another state to have an abortion here. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of like a sanctuary city or state yeah. basically um, for abortions. So that's good, but we're still waiting on the, the Michigan Supreme Court decision um, in the next com few coming weeks to know whether abortion will be a definite or not. Yeah. So, so how does it work? 
It's because the Roe v. Wade got overturned, it's gone back into the state, right? Each state. Yep. So basically, um, so like, right, there's federal laws and then there's state laws. And so you can make a federal law and say, for example, um, right, weed is illegal Mm -hmm. federally. Um, But then we're going to leave it up to the states to decide whether that's going to be legal or not legal um, within their constitution. Um, so a lot of states already had laws and regulations around abortion um, within their state constitutions and other laws that they had from way, way, way back before Roe v. Yeah. Wade was a thing. Um, so doesn't this come down so, to everybody voting this November if um, it's going to get overturned in our state? Not really. No? Not really. Because the Supreme Court ultimately can make the decision without any votes being made. Um, or once the Supreme Court makes a decision and then we're thinking about, okay, um, what is viability? Because right now abortion is only legal up to, in Michigan, up to viability, which is 24 to 26 weeks. But as a birth worker and doctors, we know, um, or anyone that works in the healthcare field, we know that viability is at different stages because every pregnancy and birthing person is different. Yeah. Um, so then we're going to get into into that and the specifics of what a law is going to look like around abortion when you can and cannot have one Yeah. Um, after that's all decided within the Supreme Court. And then it'll go to the House, and then it'll go to Senate and be voted on. Um, but I'm pretty sure Big Gretch is going to protect us from that and make some <laughs> type of... Um, Make some type of like executive like decision, um, or sign something in the law protecting all of it, so that the House <coughs> and the Senate aren't able to vote. Because I think Michigan is still majority uh, Republican, House and Senate, right? Um, so yeah. That so yeah. Yeah, we need to come out in numbers and vote. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is also the reason that Kamaria and people like Kamaria have started bringing in people like me and people who are holistic practitioners um, to organize prior to the possibility of this not being a thing anymore. Um, so we, are, we started organizing as soon as we found out that this was possible. Um, this workshop series, which like I said, we just got this grant for a six-month workshop so that we can have more community-based conversations about what it would look like if it is overturned and what our options are if it is overturned and what holistic options we have, what ancestral things have people been doing forever and ever. You know, like just kind of in preparation for, God forbid, if this law is overturned, like, okay, who are our support people? Who are our networks? Who are the doulas? Who are the midwives? Who are the social workers, nurses, doctors? Like I said, who are in support of alternative ways of doing things? Also, yeah. Right, because like um, terminating a pregnancy isn't new. Like if you look in the history of it for Black women in general in the U.S., uh, what did we do when slave masters raped us and we were going to be forced to have their children? Yeah. yeah. Um, how did we take care of those issues? Um, and it was it was done. It was done behind closed doors, but it was done. Yeah. Um, it's not new. And it was done before we even got here um, and were kidnapped from the motherland yeah. and be brought here. Like, it was done. It was tentatively so, legal before it was illegal, right? Yeah. Like, I think it became, yeah, it was a normal I mean, everything was legal until we put <laughs> yeah, rules on yeah, it yeah, and yeah. make it illegal. Until yeah. we, like, put this negative connotation around it. Um, I was trying to explain to um, a client and her parent the other day about, um, like, trauma and what what does trauma mean. And um, the client's uh, mother that was sitting there, like, looked at me like, trauma? Like, like there's something wrong with trauma, right? And it's like, well, trauma doesn't always have to be 100% negative because there's good things that come out of everything, right? Would you agree as, like, a therapist or I don't know if I would agree worker? that trauma is good. <laughs> yeah, trauma is good. But I, I would agree that we can well, learn from it. I mean, we can learn from it, but then you think of I The statement I had said was birth is a, is a traumatic experience. Um, sometimes, no matter how you put it, there are different traumatic things that happen. You're in pain, and that is trauma. Um, 
but a birthing experience can be great and amazing. And then you can also have a very violent birthing experience as well. Um, there's different things that we can take and leave. Just like with the Bible or any spiritual book, there's different things that we can take and leave from a situation or an experience and say, okay, this was a traumatic situation, but I learned something from this or I grew from this. This made me healthier or... Um, Right? Like, I'm so glad my baby is here and healthy now, even though I experienced all of that pain and hurt for, I don't know, maybe I was in birth for 48 hours. You know? Yeah. Maybe that in itself, being in birth, uh, in labor for 48 hours is traumatic. Yeah. No one wants to be in labor for 48 hours. Like, yeah. that's two days. It's <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah. But yeah. So and somebody who goes through trauma that can get through it and learn from it, as you said. <coughs> And then they're able to take their experiences and what they've learned and be able to help other people who's went through that trauma. That mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing because then you're helping mm -hmm. people get through, you know, the hardest time of their life, you know. Um, yeah. 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 But, the, yeah, that's what I was meaning by, like, trauma can sometimes, like, we uh, – Maybe we need a whole like another episode on like the dictionary and how we like <laughs> how we like well, it's the connotation. Labor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Labor it's more than trauma. Yeah. Labor. It's work. It's hard. It's work. Yes. And I haven't given labor yet. I haven't had a child, so <laughs> yeah. I haven't had that traumatic situation. So like also being um, a doula who doesn't have any children. Um, I don't say it's ever been hard for me to relate to anyone's pain or to look at like birthing videos and stuff like that. And I am a newer doula, so I've only done two births, but it, I never got like the feeling of like, um, someone said to me, like, when you see the head come out, you, you gonna get lightheaded. Like you gonna feel like you need to throw up. Everybody says that. But I never felt that. Yeah. I was like immediately intrigued and excited and like, all right, let's get this baby out. Come on, you coming? Yeah. Um, but that's how I know I was right spiritually in the moment as well. And I made sure to pray and ask everyone I needed to, like, okay, do you think I will be a good birth worker? Yeah. Uh, I remember when I was first like telling you, like, I think I want to be a doula, and like the the reason why I even wanted to become a doula in the first place was because we were. Um, I was working in the Senate in an internship, and we were working on the pregnant prisoners bill. Yeah. And um, we were talking about within the within the law, like, um, of course, like, not shackling women while they're in labor because that still happens. Um, and then also like having access to doula care and having access to be able to f breastfeed your baby for the first yeah. year of their life and. Um, having unlimited like su um, supervised visits and stuff like that with yeah. your baby once you have them. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about that within the policy, and then like I started doing more researches on doulas and stuff to be able to put it in the policy, and then um, I looked on Instagram and I saw Erica Badu and she had this woman like laboring and rapping in the in the birthing tub. And freestyling, and I was oh, like, I don't be a doula. Yeah. <laughs> I just my Aaron, it was really Erica I do that sealed it. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, great yeah. way to distract yeah. the pain. Okay. And I have had a home birth, and I have had given birth in a hospital. And I would say giving birth in a hospital is way more traumatic than a home birth. Yeah, mm -hmm. a home birth, I would describe it as psychedelic, not yeah. traumatic. Like psychedelic. It yeah, it does hurt, obviously birth mm -hmm. but having like spiritual people around you and having it be a ritual and having like the type of emotional support you need being the sacred fire and, and patience sacred fire because in the hospital they don't have patience. you can eat did you do like a water birth or did you i was supposed to do a water birth i had this whole it never happened tub set up <laughs> downstairs full of water and i didn't make it downstairs i gave yeah. birth on my bedroom floor Wow, and it was beautiful. So now you said you're you were worked in the um, in the labor or labor being delivery. a nurse, right? Well, I was a, a surgical technologist, so I helped okay. with the C sections. Okay. Yeah. So um, there were there were times when the C sections were very valid, 
Yeah. Um, and we were crashing into the OR to have them done. Um, placenta previa, where the placenta yeah. comes out before the baby that can kill the baby. So um, just an experience that I've seen. You have the nurse on the edge of the bed literally holding everything in as we're rushing back to the OR to get in there and crash and to, you know, release the baby so that doesn't happen. But then you also have, um, unfortunately, um, doctors who are in a rush and they just want to get it done. And the patient's been laboring too long. And um, doctors um, on call, they may have something to do. Does that, so uh, from one thing I hear, heard is that, uh, that black and brown people, women, have like more, a harder time in hospitals, like with being how they get treated, I've There's a high mortality rate. The the uh, yeah the the um, discrimination. From, yeah, discrimination. So I can mean, you speak from that experience? Like, I think it's like different because like you're a white woman, woman, but you were having black children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, what I seen is not what the next person standing next to me would see. They would maybe support what these people were saying. Yeah. Um, just um, you know, uh, when you work in the medical field, um, your your opinion does not matter. Okay, I mean, your, your education is what matters, your knowledge, um, but your opinion, you're there to help um, and care for the patient and how you feel about whatever's going on in that person's life or their background or their situation, you're not there to judge that. You're there for the care. Um, but as humans, everybody has a problem with doing that, but um, you also have to be um, I guess mature or educated enough to stand back and know your place. And so there, there was a lot of discrimination yeah. for black and brown women, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it a lot. It's disheartening because it should not happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a big problem. That's a big thing that I hear a lot about. I think we all hear a lot about. And families alone, like my sister's, uh, my nephew's father. Uh, he's African American, and his family—they were at U of M and Arbor, and they. My sister is Mexican, but you know, white complected. But uh, they were giving his family a pretty hard time, and my sister had to finally cuss somebody out. <laughs> like, this is the father. This is their family. Mm -hmm. Like, show them respect. You know, blah blah. With all so, different like, cultures, um, you know, um, white. Uh, Even the, immigrant the families nurses, like they, yeah. they don't understand the cultures. They have opinions about it, but yeah. at work is not their time or place to address it. Or right. you know, it, it's just not. It's it's not. They yeah. need to understand and respect it in the same way they would want to be respected. Yeah, I think it's like because um, there's this new documentary on Hulu, I believe. Um, did you watch that one? Um, so it's just I forgot what it's what the name of it is. It, three women, right? And it's the fathers after um, the the women passed away from childbirth or postpartum issues that they were having, and they were repeatedly not listened to mm. by their doctor. Um, and even the one girl, like she had a midwife and a doctor, and she went to the doctor, checked BP and everything, and. They were like, you're fine, and then she gets to the midwife and gets all her levels checked, and the midwife is like, go to the fucking hospital immediately. Like, yeah. your BP is high. Your, I think it was like her liver count or something. Something was like a clear sign that like something is wrong here, and yeah. you should definitely know as a doctor, but because this is a black woman and you think that we can't experience pain the way your wife, wife would, mm. um, you don't care, and you're sending us back home, and then you're sending us home to die. Yeah. Um, and that's why, like, maternal mortality rates are higher, preeclampsia, help syndrome, um, all of these different things that, like, come with pregnancy. Um, even, like, and some of it is, like, miseducation and things that we're not educated about, but then doctors should be doing that educating for us. Um, I had a really young client one time, and the whole time the doctor is sitting there just yapping away and the girl sitting there like, I don't know anything he just said to me. Mm. And so then that's what I'm there for as a doula to advocate, right? So I teach my clients how to advocate for themselves first. And then when I need to step in 
and cut somebody out, I am going to. Yeah. Um, so I had to step out of the room and take the doctor aside and be like, look, this is a very young girl. If you couldn't tell and if you didn't read the chart already, because it doesn't look like you read the chart at all. She's been in labor for a very long time. She's exhausted. She's in between worlds. Um, and you are literally explaining everything in medical terms, and she doesn't know anything that's going on. And even and sometimes I said, adults won't understand yeah, the medical terms. I said, now, as a doula, you guys sit up and tell me that I'm not medically trained, but I'm going to have to go back into that room for 30 minutes and explain to her exactly. everything that you couldn't. Yeah. So... Who's, who's better, the one with the degree or, or me yeah, yeah. at this point? I said, if you don't go back into that room and explain to her in teenage terms of what this means, yeah. don't come back into this room. We're requesting another doctor. And, of course, they did come it's in. It's their job to do that. And yeah. I said, and I'll have it written in her chart and her medical documents that yeah. you were rude and didn't want to communicate things to her correctly and you didn't want to in give her informed consent the way that you needed to. Um and as soon as you say like, oh, I'm gonna have someone put this on the, on the on the documents, mm -hmm. then it's like, oh, okay, we're sorry, we're gonna do, we're gonna finally do our jobs. Right. Um, but like moving on, can you? Look at that. I got. It. Um, but like moving on to like the abortion point of it as well, like it's the same thing. Like you experience the same thing. Oh, you're a young black mother, wanting to come in here. And we already have this whole like idea of what you are and who you are when you walk into these doors. And <clears throat> it can be at Planned Parenthood, it can be anywhere else. There's still like these doctors that are doing harm that like make people want to run away from this. Yeah. We already have like the religious part of it that tells us when we're young, abortion is wrong and we're murdering our, our children and stopping God's work and all of this stuff. But it's like, okay, is it really God's work for me to be poor as hell with no financial, like no access to anything yeah. and all of this stuff? And I just, I can't have a child right now. Like, yeah. is that really God's plan? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like moving more towards the abortion aspect of it, um, as a as a doula, like now that the laws are changing and everything, um, you're I'm getting more questions about abortion and about like different forms of abortion and um, how can I have access and be in a safer place while doing this um, or something like like my family doesn't agree with this and I don't feel safe to be able to come home after an abortion yeah. um, because I'm afraid of what they'll do to me. And things like that. So it's like really like coaching people through like this is okay and you're making the right decision. Yeah. And it's happened to so many other people. Like, and we'll get through this together. I'll go to the clinic with you and hold your hand and I'll stand in a protester's or a pro pro lifer's face and I'll sorry. I'm not going to let them, like, talk to you crazy. Or I'll sit in the hospital room with you when you're getting your consultation and all that stuff and, like, explain everything to you. Or um, I'll, I'll lie for you. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I've got to know why you having this. Yeah. Or, like, and sometimes it may not be right, like, thinking, like, oh, may have to lie to a client's partner or something, but it's like, okay, in a domestic situation, what's the safest? Yeah. It's the same as when you're in a an emergency room when a, wo a woman comes in and she's beaten up and the partner comes with them and they want to ask questions or even a 10-year-old or a, a young girl, which drove me bonkers when I was taking my daughters to the doctors. They asked the parent, and they will ask a partner to leave the room so they can ask questions privately. Yeah. You know, it's it's important because when you have mm -hmm. those people around, you don't know who who or what they're doing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what the relationship is with them. If the, you if you're trying to answer questions with them around, you're never going to get a true response. You may not mm -hmm. even get it when they're not around because they're still so scared. But you have to remove the them from the situation so you can be able to get the information yeah. you need. Yeah. 
Right. <laughs> it just happened. You can still get pregnant by pulling yeah, out. Right. <laughs> so pull the pull out method does not work. Totally get it. You got the pull out, which may or may not work yet. The overwhelming majority of all unplanned pregnancies, non-violent situations, are because of a guy who are threatened to die of a woman. Yeah, we're trying to control a woman's body. Like it, it was so crazy to me. Like wait a minute. If you don't got if you don't got the hundred dollars for the plan B, don't come near me. Okay? Because also like a lot of people don't even know that like if you're if you weigh over one fifty five, one plan B not gonna work for you. Don't a lot of people don't There's know also that. The herbs you can take out the herbs, herbs that people don't talk yep. about. My doula, um, the woman who was my doula owns a shop called Goddess Herbs mm-hmm. on Six Mile. Shout out Goddess Herbs. Yeah, Tashima. <laughs> and she posted a video right after all this Roe versus Wade stuff happened mm-hmm. that talked about herbs that can help like be kind of like a herbal plan B, herbs mm-hmm. that you can take as regular birth control, yeah. and then herbs that you can take if the plan B version of the herbs didn't work. Yeah, I highly recommend looking up Goddess Herbs on Instagram because she has a that whole video mm-hmm. went right around the time that this happened a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I posted, like, some, uh, but a lot of the stuff that I have is in the curriculums in the Google Classroom and stuff like that. Um, cool. Why don't you mention Just because the, the feds be watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Why am I Yeah. <laughs> Be intentional with it. Yeah. Like no. The next six months, yeah, but um, yeah. But and I would be actually like really interested in doing male ones because it's like a lot of um, like people say like oh it's the woman's choice and men shouldn't have nothing to say about this, but it's also like. What are the spiritual aspects of abortion? Like, I was watching TikTok the other day, and it was, like, the spiritual after effects of having abortion. And where do these spirits go? You know? So um, that's one thing that I've been, like, researching a lot. Like, where do these spirits go? Um, and I I can't remember the name that Aulabi 
told me. Um, but, and it was really weird because, okay, so within our family, like, we have a lot of fertility issues. And I wasn't expecting this to come out in a reading at all. Shout out Abulabi. But uh, he had told me, like, there, um, like, these specific spirits are attached to me. Um, and they're miscarried spirits from different people in my family who have miscarried. Mm. Um, from the and, lineage? Yeah. yeah. Um, but also even, like, I have family members that are still alive that have had many miscarriages and have fertility issues as well. Um, so it's like I've been doing the work. I don't know much about it yet, but <clears throat> in all of my research that I do, it'll eventually be coming up, like, what what happens to these spirits? Um, and overall, like, that can affect the men in our lives as well. And it... Abortion does affect men because um, it's like um, uh, it takes two to tango. That's that's always what it is. And yes, at the end of the day, as as the woman or the birthing person in this situation with the uterus, you have the ultimate choice. But you also have to think about we all have to think about how our decisions affect other people. Yeah, our partners and our family members and our ancestors and the ones that are going to come after us. Like, how is this all forming, right? Because if you listen to um, the lectures from the lady that wrote Post-Traumatic Slave Disorder or Syndrome, and you listen to her talk about all of the different things that, like, of how black people's brains and white people's brains work because of slavery and its history. Um, I remember she has said, like, um, she has said when, uh, she had said in one of her lectures, like, yes, okay, now we know that slavery and the trauma from slavery is embedded in the, the DNA of black people, but what did it do to white people, too? So we also have to think about, yes, in certain situations, your abortion can be a traumatic situation, what is it going to do to the people in your life and the people that come after you as well? Like, we always hear those stories on, um, on like, those, like, weird Facebook posts where, like, the moms are, like, saying, like, my son said that I got rid of him twice, but he came back because he wanted me to be his mom. Like, all of those things. Like, are these things real? Or how does a kid know that? Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so, like, the spiritual effects and not just, like, the physical worldly ex effects. Because if we're saying that birth, which abortion is birth, too. It's birth. Um, doulas, full-spectrum doulas, I told you earlier, are for all pregnancy outcomes. And abortion is a birth. Whether that pregnancy was viable or not, it is a birth and you went, and you went through that. And that's what you have to deal with. But then, um, like, how do you heal after? And I would like to offer uh, my perspective because mm -hmm. I've had both scenarios. I mm -hmm. have had an abortion that was not traumatic at all mm -hmm. and was the absolute best choice that I could have ever made for my life. Mm -hmm. I do not feel guilty. I do not feel bad. I do not feel spiritually sad about it. Mm -hmm. And then exactly what you're talking about, I also had another one mm -hmm. where they came back and it was mm -hmm. it was all for real. Mm -hmm. So I think that I don't know. I don't know that I agree that abortion is birth, um, because I've experienced like both sides of the coin, mm -hmm. but I do think that like you're saying it's this very, very personal decision between you, the person who got you pregnant, your ancestors, everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's why we talk about like the power of choice because yeah. it's for us to choose in relationship with the people that are around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't want to, like, oversimplify, like, just saying, like, abortion is birth, but, like, people have labor pains and, like, all of these things. Like, even when you have the mesoprostal abortion with the pill, it's literally forcing your body into a miscarriage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, what about you, Mom? She's um, been quiet over there. Uh, I had an abortion, 
before um, you. So had I not had that abortion, you would not be here. Um, I was young, and um, it was, I think it was forced on me, honestly. Um, I probably wouldn't have done it had there been so many people. Um, the actual experience of the abortion was very traumatic. I'm not guilty. I don't feel guilty about it. Um, mm -hmm. I've um, accepted um, what happened, why it happened, even if it wasn't 100%, you know, what I felt like doing at the time. But, um, yeah, I... Um, One thing that I... Uh, I no, I, I just, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, <laughs> I was sure, I was like, well, you know, do you want you had to be paused there? But, um... One thing I did, I started doing a bunch of research and like looking up numbers and just read the facts from how this all even started from mm -hmm. even before Roe v. Wade. And uh, after Roe v. Wade, the, the amount of success in women skyrocketed. Like women got mm -hmm. more education, more jobs, more all these different things yeah. by having that freedom of being able to, you know. And it does make sense because you imagine if you like freshman year in college or you're about to go to college and now you're pregnant and if you have no choice but to set college aside and have a child, you know, it could really impact and get in the way. Um, yeah. Is that, like, yeah, so I, I know you guys said that, you know, you don't feel guilty or something like that, so is that something you want to share to other mothers and stuff that, like, are, are, do you have to make that choice to where it's either life or education or having a child or, you know what I'm saying? It is. Yeah. yeah. Like, and timing and yeah. when you're around, and like you said, how old you are. Yeah. My first time I was 19, <coughs> when I had a baby, I was 31. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I was ready. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. So, yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that my sister had a baby at 17 and was the best mom ever. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, it, you can't really speak for all women, yeah. even yeah. when it is someone who's super young and makes the decision that they want to have a baby and does a great job, and that's, like, life-changing for them. Yeah. You know? Same. Yeah. yeah, I definitely know some people that at first... When they got pregnant, it was like, oh, man, I don't know how they're going to do it. But the baby actually forced them to get their life together. Right. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> you no, know, they, like, they stopped yeah. partying and being so crazy. They stopped doing drugs. And, like, I'm like hey, yeah. totally changed. Yeah, at first, like, when they told me they are pregnant, I'm like, oh, man, I don't know what kind of mother you're going to be. But then after, like, wow, you really changed the whole human being. Like, like the, ba the baby did you justice. Magic. <laughs> you know? Like, Magic. <laughs> but um, I have in the, in the curriculum that I wrote, so I kind of – um, in my brain and how I do things is I always look up the history before I go into um, anything of learning how to do any procedure or anything. Um, so in the curriculum, it lists out first um, the history of women of color, um, reproductive and abortion rights, and then also the history of Roe v. Wade and how that came into play. Um, and in the curriculum, I like state, um, like in order to understand the history or the reason behind Roe v. Wade, um, you have to understand the history behind black women and women of color in this country. Um, how gynecology, the beginning of gynecology was extremely evil and traumatizing to black women. Yeah. Um, and like how he's still called the, the godfather, father, the, father the father of gynecology. Um, the modern today, father of gynecology, um, yeah. When it's like, you were literally doing things for your sick own yeah. fetishes that were like disgusting. I referred to black women um, as female and white women as women. And yeah, um, like it was like it was even like in his journals, like it literally says like they they can't experience pain. Yeah. So I'm cutting them open vaginally without any anesthesia, without anything, castrating them, like literally cutting open their cervix, like digging into their uteruses with tools and. All of these things, yeah. and it's like. I wonder what made no him think that they don't feel pain. How does that work? Yeah. The, the, right. Yeah. Like, the, how did he come up with that? Yeah, or like, I don't know, like the other complex, I think, is that what it's called? Like, you're something other than me because yeah. your skin color is different. Yeah. So therefore, you're more animalistic and Literally, you feel less and you're less yeah. spiritual and you're this and you're that yeah. and then we're putting all of these things on someone just because you're other yeah. or you're different um which isn't okay but like an animal happens yeah. every day yeah. no his writing is definitely 
in context of speaking mm-hmm. of like an animal versus a human being. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. But so, so oh, yeah. I was just going to say like a little bit of the history of Roe v. Wade, which is like actually really interesting to me. So Norma McCorvey was um, the name of the woman that was Jane Roe yeah. um, in the court case. And she actually was never able to get an abortion. By the time Roe v. Wade actually got decided upon, she had already had the baby and put the baby up for adoption. Yeah. Um, but she also had three other children, I believe it was, three other children. Yeah. Um, and she was already a poor mom, very uneducated. She only went like past the eighth or ninth grade. Um, and she was unmarried and living in Texas at the time. And um, But also so then... Like, we have, all right, great, so now Roe v. Wade is de- decided upon and we have our abortion rights. Um, but then there was also very, like, big detrimental things that she did to the abortion movement um, that kind of made us back st- backtrack. So it was like she was playing games, like, okay, who's going to pay me more money, pro-choice or pro-lifers? And it ended up being pro-lifers. So then all of a sudden you see her going on talk shows talking about how she never wanted to get an abortion, and um, mm. it's wrong now, and she gave her life to Jesus and stuff like that. And then, um, like, later on, like, um, at, like when she got older, now it's like, oh, I just did those things for money because I was poor. Yeah, I got that vibe. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. A lot of the research I've done, I was like, this girl kind of seems like a scumbag. All, all, all politics aside, mm-hmm. she kind of seems like she's doing it for the, you well, know, the she money. Well, she gave kinda, everybody, she gave you know. the whole situation a bad name. You know, just, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. it, and of course, I'm sure she was coerced like, into doing I'm actually glad you said that because did what she had to do. It was yeah. manipulated by money, of course. Yeah. Um, which, right, I can't blame her. Yeah. I can't blame her be, because it's like, if I'm in a situation where it's like, I can't feed my kids. Rachel, grab the, the water bottle, not the, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if I can't feed my kids or myself or I don't have a way of making money and someone is offering me hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe she wasn't even offered hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah. tens of thousands just of dollars, to just to go on a talk, talk show and tell a little white lie, yeah. would you do it? Even, even if it is meaning this is de- detrimental to the whole movement for a whole country and thousands or millions of women. I'm looking out for myself, and I'm taking, I'm getting to the bag. Yeah. And people do it every day. Yeah. And it's harmful, but people sell out. that's that's the world yeah. we live in. Yeah, people sell out, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I hear him on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Bit, in, my, in my life, have experienced brothers who have had to have that conversation. Um, I dealt with my partner before this girl I just met, woman I just met, is talking about abortion. And maybe, like, enough brothers have been so hurt about the conversation. You don't so even hurt. get there. You don't even get to actually having it, the conversation. You know what I mean? but like, but just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something that is 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's start there. Let's put our own body and at least that reduces this chance for cancer. That's something I do have to discuss. Yeah. Have you had these types of conversations yes. with men? Okay. Yes, there's a brother I know right now. I love him. Literally calling him one of my brothers. Uh, we talk about it. His last two children, Bryson brought this up to him before the kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. man, uh, and seeing them from blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, I know you're on that shit. Um, that's just not me. It's like, okay, but. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take care of the kids you got. Take care of them. So like, at some point, that is an important. It really is. It's really important. And there's a couple brothers um, in the artist community, uh, like myself, my brother Sheezy, Sheezy Bobuzi. He wave, he waves that flag too. Like, yo, nut control, human retention. Um, <laughs> no unintentional so, nuts. Like, that used to be my rule. So at the end of the day, Bryce said, "Hook close to unregulated sperm." Regulate your shit. Yeah. Also, Next let's month. let's uh, note that like this this uh, decision was overturned by people on the Supreme Court who have been um, charged with rape. Right. And, or, but have been set free and um, multiple kinds of it, right? So yeah. they have the same mindset as your friend, right? And so, um, you know, men can produce several babies in a day. A woman can only carry one baby every nine months. Um, so, and then we're regulating what the woman does and we're blaming everything on the woman and her choice and we're giving no responsibility to the men. Amen. And, and then there's women on the Supreme Court that agree with this, which is just so <laughs> harmful and so disgusting. It is disgusting. You know, it's the money. Well, it's, it's the money. It's you know, the money it's, it's, and the their religion. Their bills are paid. Yeah, they're taken care of health-wise, money-wise. They're taken care of for the rest of their lives. They don't ever have to worry right. about it. They don't have to work for insurance because they're taken care of. So their decisions have no, have no. Um, have no effect on yeah. their lives. The kids, they're deciding kids, kids are life life-term decisions for other people, and they are not affected by it. Well, and yeah. rich people are always going to be able to have abortions, whether they're legal or Correct. not. Correct. Yeah. And so also, just or, because... Or a nurse, like a nanny care. to pay they to watch the kid. Care. Like, they, they, got, right. they got options. Right. You know, and they, they got options. And just because we made abortion people, illegal does not mean that abortions are not going to happen. They're just going yeah. to happen behind closed doors. They're going and to happen unsafely. in unsafe manners. We're going to yeah. lose more lives than just those babies that you yeah. think that we're that they're killing per se, you know, and it, it's, it, yeah, it, yeah, it's disgusting. Well, that's why you guys should show up to the Kuji Chagalia workshop series. Yeah. Starting, restarting in November. Um, yes, in collaboration with a, a lot of Detroit healers and, um, and media people. And, yeah. and media people. Media uh, and everything. Um, the next one is going to be at 27th Letter in Southwest. Um, you know, we got a building available, too, if you ever need a space. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so let us know. Yep, um, so. You want to talk about your curriculum or anything before we head out? We got, like, five your minutes. Google Doc. Uh, you, talk about, you, like, talk uh, about it, but, like, explain. Yeah, so I have um, a few. <laughs> so right now I have two um, different curriculums posted on the Google Classroom, um, which if y'all ever want to get into the Google Classroom, just hit me up and I'll send you the link. Um, the first one talks about self-led cervical exams and how we can be checking ourselves um, as people with vaginas and uteruses to um, make sure that we're healthy. At the end of the day, we're not medical healthcare providers, so we can't do like all of the STD testing and all of those things on ourselves, but we can get to know our bodies more Mm -hmm. and know, like get to know what things look like um, to prevent things, um, different diseases and stuff like that. And then the second, um, the second curriculum that I have is the um, menstrual charting and ovulation charting. Um, so it teaches you how to check your periods um, to stop you from getting, to prevent a pregnancy or to get pregnant, but um, without the app, 
without the app. They're gonna monitor the app. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the the way like data is working out and stuff like that. We had a few talks about it in um, my birth workers of color abortion class, and we were talking about okay, should we be using these apps or should we? Shouldn't we? And it's like, well, we already do so much stuff on our phone. It really doesn't matter at this point. Um, our data is already being tracked, yeah. um, and we can't help it. But if you want to stop it now, yes, you can always write it down on a piece of paper where no one is going to have access to that and be able to see yeah. everything you have going on with your body. Yeah. So, yes. Well, thanks so much for everybody joining me. Anybody want to close out with anything or say peace and love? Um, <laughs> what Bryce said, hook close to... <laughs> close so what'd you say unregulated oh, nuts yeah. <laughs> take other latex to the suburbs you know you always gotta have like a crazy title like for a podcast and that's your title yeah you gotta there drop the mic moment although don't drop these mics they're a little expensive <laughs> all right peace love and thank you for everybody tuning in